What's the game-changing realization that helped you build a high-performing team? That question is at the center of every episode of the HR Impact Show. Every HR professional wants to build a team that has empowered managers, engaged employees, and an organization that's striving to become elite. The challenge is that you're often told to do more with less. We're gonna fix that. Every week, we will feature executive and senior HR leaders from across the country, and they will share with us their actionable insights and best practices that can help empower you to create an engaged elite workforce. Here's the show. Question, how do you give honest and timely feedback in order to drive elite performance? I'm CT at Engage Rocket, and to help us answer that question today is Abby Hamilton. Now, Abby is the Chief People Officer at Live Intent. She's passionate about empowering employees to bring, bring their best selves to work and using data-driven decision-making and performance management to align people's strategy with business goals and vision. Here to tell us more about Live Intent and her role there is Abby Hamilton. Welcome to the studio. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me as well. Tell us a little bit more about Live Intent, what you do there, and then we'll dive into some of the specifics of the show. I'm the Chief People Officer at Live Intent. And in the time in my organization, I've absolutely grown here, been super appreciative of the time and the people that I've gotten to work with here. So much has changed since the days I walked into the door. I came into live intent in a pre-pandemic world and since then dealt with a pandemic, a shift to remote work, and so many other things as we've adapted in the world. And one thing that keeps coming up is whether you're together or you're apart or you're hybrid is being able to have true, honest, real, and timely conversations with people and how critically important that is for the success of your business, but also the relationships, team members, or anybody truly that you're dealing with on the day-to-day. Timely and honest conversations with each other. I'm assuming this isn't a how's, how was your day type of conversation. <laughs> how would you describe the context of these conversations and why it's important to stress that honesty and timeliness in these conversations? That's an excellent question because you're right. It is about so much more than how are you doing, but digging in on really what they're saying and understanding where somebody is coming from. And I think about when you think about the word feedback, it sounds loaded and maybe even scary. And the reality is it just doesn't have to be that way. Feedback can also be sharing, you know what, you did a really great job there and you should be proud of yourself. And if you think about it as kind and respectful and something that helps the individual get better, yes, we're looking at past activities and what happened, but think of it more as coaching conversations for the future or taking what happened and how to pivot it next time, or maybe get different results, or how do we just get better and stronger as an organization? It's really about focusing on those areas we all have for growth. And if you're not having those conversations now, you're setting yourself and those individuals up for much tougher conversations. And when I say that, let me give you an example. We just went through our promotion cycle. And there are individuals that may have been expecting a promotion and didn't get one. And they didn't understand why. Giving those whys after their expectations haven't been met 
is so much harder than focusing on coaching in the moment of it being timely, of having the conversation as soon as you can afterwards. I'm not saying always do these in a group full of people. You actually shouldn't do that. But instead, really talking to people and sharing thoughts and think of it as developing them for the future. Those are great points. We don't come into this world naturally knowing how to give feedback to each other. And, and you're absolutely right. In, in my experience, the moment you say feedback or I have some feedback for you, immediately the person gets on the defensive. Okay, here I'm going to get ready for this sandwich that's going to possibly attack me as a person and possibly insult my work. It's such a loaded word. Even going back to what you said earlier, like when you're through that promotion cycles and you want to have that continuous feedback throughout the year that has just gone by, that actually requires everyone to be hypersensitive to feedback moments, both positive and negative. How do you go about even building that muscle? I love that you called it a muscle because a muscle is something that takes practice and repetition to build. So same thing as any other muscle you're trying to build, practice it. And there are ways to enter it softly. You don't have to say, do I wanna give you feedback? There's a really great way to enter softly and ask somebody, how do you think you did? I find by doing it that way, it opens up to their perspective, their thoughts, their opinions. And many people have a pretty good idea on how they did. And it helps open the conversation that you can agree with them And if there are areas that maybe you want to add on to, then you can do it. It gives you a starting point, gives you a jumping off point, and you can quickly recognize where the level of self-awareness is and where you align versus where you don't, and then focus on filling in those gaps. And suddenly thinking about the question, how do you think you did? doesn't sound too scary to ask someone versus let me have a feedback conversation with you. That sounds scary. That's a really good point. And I think it really flips the dynamic of the conversation rather than saying, hey, I've got some something I want to tell you and about right. you that you didn't do well. Instead, you're inviting that conversation by saying, how do you think we, you did in that situation? That actually really opens up that opportunity for coaching. Sure does. And you've added another really great word there. And you used we because the utilization of we makes us feel not alone, not solo, not attacking. We're in this together. We are having a conversation. We've got this versus I'm at fault. I'm not enough. And I'm not perfect. In this conversation, we're just talking about how do we shift that frame of reference from you've done something in the past that needs correction to how do we do better in the future? The use of we, in this case, it may be one way to put aside that ego. Because have you found in your experience that the, the biggest problem around feedback is actually each of us carries around an ego, big or small, whatever it is. But that ego is that sense of self that blocks out anything that threatens us. How have you been able to coach leaders, individual contributors, and, and, and others, senior or junior, to put aside their ego, accept uh, these comments and then move forward to to actually get better. Great call out. It hurts your ego that you're not perfect. It hurts my ego that I'm not perfect, but I'm human, as are you. And there's room for that. 
And I think it takes time to realize that to be the best, you actually do need to examine yourself and your performance and look for the areas where you can get tighter. Athletes will do that. They'll record themselves. They'll watch videos. They'll look at, maybe I should just move my knee or ankle to the left here. Let me do this. I've watched myself present. That is painful. Have you listened to your own voice? Of course you have. You run a podcast. It feels painful to do. However, those are the ways you get better because you can notice those areas yourself too. Same as having these conversations. So I find if I share areas of development myself, I admit fault where needed or, and encourage those behaviors, be real with other people. It helps a lot. And I know I'm saying something that's so much easier to say in words than to do it. But I remember a time, especially early in the pandemic, when I was struggling and I admitted that out loud and I admitted that to my team. And I was afraid that they were going to perceive me as weak and not having it all together. And the reality was I didn't have it all together in that moment. And what happened wasn't that they were mean or, or not understanding, but instead they rallied behind me. And they said, let me help you. We've got this. And for me, that was one of those pivotal moments where I recognized that me admitting my areas of development, me admitting where I was struggling or I didn't have the answers actually gave them some fodder to say, I can do that same thing too. So where I thought it was going to hurt, it actually didn't hurt it helped because I was modeling the behavior that I then wanted them to do. So if I was unwilling to do that for me and to ask for their feedback or ask for their help, how do I expect them to take my opinion when I come to them and say, all right, next time move more to the right. That's so powerful and, and also very counterintuitive because you would expect that in, in the traditional model of feedback, here I am to criticize you. I want to protect my ego. I need to appear as this perfect human being and therefore I can cast judgment out on you. And what you're doing with being vulnerable, being authentic with your team is modeling behavior that you want the team to emulate as well. And instead of being that chink in your armor as the, the previous model of feedback uh, see it as, this actually strengthens the receptivity of the message and the signal when you do give that feedback. And talking about this on a one-to-one -one level, I think is great. But when you're a chief people officer and you're working with leaders on the business and everybody else, and, and most people are great human beings, when it comes to receiving feedback or, or being good coaches themselves, we all need development. How do you go about empowering your leaders um, and other leaders to be able to uh, adopt this model of feedback. I am a big believer in role playing and talking through the scenarios. And so an easy way to start on that is a lot of that is based in fear. I found fear of judgment, fear of things going wrong. And so let's talk about that. And so a question I'll rely on there is what is the worst thing that's going to happen? Okay, let's talk about that. What do we do if that happens? All right, what else could happen? All right, let's talk about that. And quite often when we unpack those scenarios, there's, they're not as bad as our minds made them out to be. But if they are bad and that thing does happen, we've already started to crisis plan for it. 
our minds are prepared for it. And then that allows them to think about that. Okay, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? It's not that bad. Let me enter this. And then also I do the same thing with them and see where the starting point that they're coming from in saying something along the lines of, what do you think we should do? So then I know what their tendency is going to be or what their instincts are or the starting point I'm at versus telling them what they should do. I find just telling people what to do all the time, it doesn't actually work. But seeing where they are, what their instincts are, help coach them to the right solution by asking open-ended questions, allows them to come to the right solution, they're more likely to follow through. And then that's scalable. Because if you empower them to make the right decisions, help them get to their the right decisions for themselves, then they're more likely to do that over and over again. So I hope that they're open enough to come to me and have those conversations. And if so, find that it's a zone in which we're not judging, we're working together to create the right solution. And then they can go to their people and do the same thing. If I'm hearing you correctly, it's very, this particular role play is very just in time. So if I'm someone on the line that comes to you and says, hey, Abby, I've got this issue with my team. They expected me to give them a promotion this year, but we just didn't have the slots for it. And I need to break this news to them and give them that feedback that I had neglected to over the year. Essentially, I would then role play that with you if I'm understanding you correctly. And then that empowers me with the scripts because I've said it before. It's easier for me to say it again in the situation. And I would have had those different scenarios that I would have been prepared for. Doesn't this take up a lot of time from your day? And presupposes that the leaders are that open to, to come with issues with you. Sure, the first time. But if you think of it more of conveying the message and the right steps to take versus convincing them this is the action to take right now, that helps amplify it and and make it scalable, right? So give the information on why this is helpful and then support them to choose the next right action, right? So I've read and I've seen this whole convey versus convince theory. And I really like that. And I think that resonates well in the scalability of this giving feedback. So convey the information, give them the information, and then they choose the right actions from that each time. So yes, maybe it takes one or two conversations up front, but then they're able to convey that they're able to move forward and they're able to do it moving forward on their own. A great example of how we've done that is we've created a program called Lead with Intent because our company is called Live Intent and it's a manager development program where once a month we come together as leaders and we break into different cohorts and we talk about things that are important or going on, like feedback. And we live workshop some things and scenarios. And so with that, I think that's really powerful because again, it's not just people or HR saying what to do. It is other leaders coaching each other. And often our role is that in that is we ask a question or we put up a topic and then we try and take a back seat and facilitate more than answer. And yes, we need to step in and answer sometimes, but there are a couple things that I see organically happening there. Sometimes what these leaders say, it's way better advice or words than I would have given myself. So I learn 
from these leaders. And the other thing is you see some natural mentorship, mentee relationships come out of that. So it's just not me or an HR business partner stepping in all the time to help this, but people are naturally building relationships and helping each other. And we shake up those groups every couple of months to create even more relationships and get to know other leaders across the business. So I love the topic of amplifying and how do you make it scalable? The reality is I don't have to be there for all of those things if you have people helping each other. And that's the goal here. That sounds really smart because you put in place a community that leaders themselves, would you've built it for them essentially. And within that context of mentoring each other around how do they become actual coaches, right? And, and to their teams, they model that behavior at the leadership level, which can then more easily translate into the individual contributor level. So it sounds, sounds like a really smart thing to do. How long did it take you guys to set that program up? It's evolved over time, but the reality is it shouldn't be a heavy lift for the people team or L&D because what you're doing is you're crowdsourcing topics or taking topics that are more top of mind based on the conversations you're having presently, and then you're bringing them to the group. And so it doesn't even need to be a heavy deck. It shouldn't be a heavy deck. Actually, it's just a couple questions to open the conversation and then facilitate or drive it. You do need a topic. You do need some questions to ask to get people talking. You might need even need to encourage some participation up front. But once people see that you've created a safe space to talk through these things, it takes on a life of its own, which has been really great to watch as the program has evolved because we don't mandate or require participation. However, leaders keep showing up. So for to me, that is a gauge that they're getting value out of it because we're all really busy and you're not going to show up to a program or a conversation like this that is optional that you don't believe you're getting value from. Another benefit of this is that it gives, it, it becomes proactive rather than waiting for a leader to come to you with a problem. Yeah. Now they're bringing it ahead of time to this group and they can solve it that way. So that it sounds like it can be an engine for culture change as well when done over time. Do you find that leaders are getting better at giving feedback through this program, like with their teams? Yeah, some of it is that there are a lot of complaints in the review process that things are shock or surprise. So there are those. And then also looking at the reviews themselves. They're well-written, they're more thought out. You hear conversations are being had. There's not a ton of, oh my gosh, I look at the results and conversations with individuals have gone up 25%. I don't have a hard metric like that to share with you. But what I do have is the cultural impact, the feeling that people are being given a safe space to come to. There's less blame at times. I didn't get promoted because my manager didn't let me. There are things like that, that as people we hear often. And so the occurrence of those has gone down listen, it's not perfect. I'm not going to pretend that there is absolutely zero blame game in all of this. We're still humans and there's still areas of growth and development, but has it helped? It certainly has. And I think when you look at retention, you see some of that. When you look at promotion numbers, there's some positivity and movement there as well. So some of these things is showing up, doing your best, amplifying voices, empowering leaders to do the right thing, 
and knowing that's making an impact. We've covered quite a lot of ground today and we're almost at time. So for the listeners, how would you break everything you've said down into, say, three key steps, three key takeaways that tomorrow another chief people officer could immediately apply in the workplace to improve the feedback culture? Yeah, I love that. And I think it's entering the conversations knowing that as humans, we see partial pieces of information, partial truths, and then we make up the rest in our mind of that story and what that looks like. So you can start by flipping the switch, asking questions along the lines of how do you think you did to open that conversation, see your starting point and understand what that person is already thinking because it may already match what you think. Second, you can model this behavior yourself. Be vulnerable, put aside your ego, admit fault where needed and be real. Do what you expect them to do because it's very hard to ask somebody to do or behave in a way that you're not behaving yourself they're going to be convinced you're a hypocrite. The third is role play. Role play, work through the potential scenarios with them so that they can see, okay, this isn't that bad. There is a way to do this. And build the community around your leaders with other leaders so that they rely on each other. So people don't want to always call HR or the people team. I get it. Let them rely on each other. And so if you create that community and that safe place to do that, you will find that they will call each other to say, hey, I'm faced with this. This is what's happening. What do I do? Perfect. Flipping the switch, modeling that behavior and building that community with uh, role play. That's awesome and very actionable. Thank you so much, Abby, for being on the show. If people want to find you, uh, what's the best way for them to, to reach out to you? Find me on LinkedIn. That would be the, the best place there at Abby Hamilton. Thank you so much for hanging with us today. And for those of you who are listening, I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to drop us a review and tune in the next time on the HR Impact Show. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Impact Show. We hope you liked the conversation. Don't forget to continue supporting us by joining the HR Impact community. You can find the community at www.engagerocket.co slash HR Impact. Tune in next time where we'll have another guest who's going to share with us the game-changing insights that help them build high-performing teams.